Welcome to the Rise to the Challenge podcast. Joy today, she's a singer and songwriter. This is Merlin. How are you doing today, Merlin? I am doing incredibly. How are you? Doing good. We're so excited to have you on the show to talk about your rise to the challenge. What we like to do with our guests is go right to the beginning. Talk about where you're from and what were you involved in growing up? Thank you so much for having me on. Um, I'm originally from Albania. I was born there, moved to Germany for a few years, went back to Albania. It was like a whole journey. (laughs) (laughs) And then finally landed in the U.S. um, just outside of Boston. And I've been there um, ever since. Um, Growing up, it was a lot of, you know, um, musicals, a lot of plays, a lot, you know, everything that had choir, I would sign up for you know, everything that had to do with music, um, talent shows, all that. Um, and there was even this, you know, when I was 16, I went to IMTA in New York city and it was like this whole, just this whole showcase. And, you know, I got to showcase some of my singing skills and group skills. And like, there was so many things. And, um, I ended up getting a couple of callbacks and, you know, everyone who reached out to me, they were like, all right, now, you know, next steps are basically like, we start getting you out here to New York or LA and then we go from there. And I was like, hold on a second. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Um, you know, coming from a first generation, like immigrant family, it's, it's rough, you know, like they've moved around a lot. They've done a lot of sacrifices for me and it came to a point where I was like, okay, well, this is something that I have to do for them. And then, you know, well, I'll just grow up and I'll do my own thing later. Um, but you know, life has, has its own course. <laughs> of course, you know, I, I ended up going to college, uh, for psychology, which I loved. I've always been interested in humans and <laughs> myself and why we do things. <laughs> um, and you know, there was a lot of challenges along the way and, it, you know, a lot of moments of where, you know, I was feeling like I want to be doing something else, you know, um, but I'm also someone who, won- once I start something, I, it's like in my nature to finish it. Yep. Um, so it was this whole, it was just like a dissonance. <laughs> it was an interesting few years. <laughs> um, and then I got out of, yeah, I graduated, um, learned a lot, a lot of beautiful experiences along the way. Um, and then came quote unquote, the real world. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want any of this. <laughs> I'm okay. Where's the eject button? (laughs) (laughs) Growing up in Albany, was there any music genre that was popular that kind of got your interest or was it just kind of a variety that it didn't have like a set? This is what Albany's music scene is like. Um, I think there's always like, there's, there's a lot of rhythm always, you know? Uh, so I think like a lot of, yeah, rhythmic music, um, a lot of bass. I think that's what's really important to me. There's, there's a certain, there's certain inf- like uh, instruments we use as well, like a lot of flutes and stuff like that. Um, I have yet to get creative with <laughs> flute in my songs, but I am not writing it off. <laughs> um, I definitely, um, I wanted to sprinkle it in little by little, make it very subtle, um, and then. I don't know. I feel like down the line, cause I have a lot of like, you know, family members like, okay, you're going to, you're going to make an Albanian song. Right. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll get to that. <laughs> so I'm saving that, but, um, for like a more typical, um, sound about it, but it's, it's very, it's very rhythmic. I guess that's the best way I can put it. There's always like a big drum or something. 
<laughs> well, it's like with the United States. It's like any region you go to, there's it's something different. The South is known for the country. Like hip hop is like kind of on the West East Coast, and then West Coast is like that pop scene and stuff. And it kind of just shows like the different kind of what's out there and kind of what you were saying, like the different instruments. It's kind of like it's kind of cool to know that it's not a set stone, but it has its unique and variety that makes it interesting. Were you someone that liked to play instruments? And that's kind of like where like the flute and kind of finding those kind of instruments came about? Or were you more just a vocal kind of person? So I've always been vocal. Um, I, I, I had like the, you know, the recorder. I was oh, yes. That. <laughs> and I just, I think that traumatized me to, uh, like towards anything else. Um, I did pick up like a, a piano and you know and, and a guitar a couple times but I never really got into it I always just wanted to be like the singer and I was actually in a band um in high school and I was the lead singer and they were like we're just gonna get you like like just something so you can shake like just, just, something you can just sit there and shake and I'm like okay cool <laughs> I feel like the recorder was something that every elementary school kid had to do. And how are you going to tell a bunch of kids that are like six, seven, eight to you have to play this correctly? No, we're just going to blow it really hard and just make the teacher annoyed at us the whole entire time. <laughs> and I would bring it home. And my mom's like, you ain't not playing this. You're not practicing. Luckily, I didn't. I always say when I was in band, I played the French horn and I was so good that I didn't practice. But then when we came to a test, I would somehow play well. And it was like, he goes, did you practice? I go, yeah, hours a day. And I'm like looking at my sheet. Nah, I didn't practice. (laughs) I think it's just, I just, I think music taught a lot. I think it helps with skill sets. Even if you're not going into that industry, it teaches you a lot about being creative and kind of like, I guess, practicing and being on top of things. What would you say early growing up, what did the music kind of scene help you learn about yourself? Um, okay. Well, I think I just threw a lot at you. Yeah, I know. It was like like three different memories just popped up. Um, well, I mean, so my first introduction to music in general was whatever my parents had so those were like whatever they had on cds that they kept in like pristine condition um and like we you know traveled with so it was like tina turner michael jackson just like a lot of like whitney houston all that um and then i came to the u.s and i wasn't allowed to watch like mtv or vh1 or anything like that so i had to like i was basically allowed to watch like the country channel and i just remembered like it was, I think it was like one of the first days of summer. Um, and you know, one of the first days that I had like time to like watch TV. Cause like my, I had really strict parents um, <laughs> and I turn on the country channel and it's like Shania Twain, like, man, I feel like a woman. And I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> like little me is just like bopping around in the living room. Um, I think, yeah, I think that would have between those two are my most profound influences. It's something between like, you know, what's nostalgic and, uh, powerful because I always felt like these were really powerful artists you know um, like Tina Turner powerful story um, you know and then on the other side of that there's like me watching that music video being like this is so cool I love the fashion I love the looks I love like the attitude and I love like like I remember being like yeah man I feel like a woman <laughs> I think that's I would have- 
I think that's so true with songs. I think people, when they're watching the music video, they can connect with it. If it's not even about the song, it's what's the person doing? What's kind of the environment? And would you say that in looking at your time as a singer now, you kind of take those different pieces of those people that inspired you and try to incorporate it, but still make it your own? Definitely. I think I'm basically an amalgamation of everything that I ever thought was cool, honestly. <laughs> everything that I was like, ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm just like, I'm basically feeling, I feel like I'm like a walking Pinterest board. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, everything I love right here. Um, yeah, I mean, I, and that's the other thing too, as I, as I you know, write more songs and, and sing, you know, record more songs, I definitely am diving deeper into these other pockets of my influence. You know, like I've, I've had a country phase, a rock phase, a house phase. And then now it's just like, if you look at my like Spotify, it's, it's literally everywhere. You don't even want to get into that mess. <laughs> you mentioned that your parents were strict. Were they strict on your journey with doing talent shows and all that kind of stuff? Or did they let you experience it because they wanted you to find something that you enjoyed? Well, I think they always, so, you know, they, they, you know, this wasn't something that they had back where I was from. So like anything that was like a school event, they were just like, yeah, this, this must be part of your learning. So you, you go ahead and do that. Um, they weren't necessarily involved too much in it. It was just something that I just kind of like, I was like, I'm definitely doing this. I signed up and I'd, I'd make sure I went to all the practices and everything. Um, I, I think my, I would just tell my mom like three months later, like, yeah, we've been practicing for this. this these are the show nights. And she'd just show up and she'd be like, wow. Like you're, you're not half bad. I'm like, thanks mom. (laughs) (laughs) Very like foreign, like, yeah, yeah, you're, you're good. Yeah, yeah, sure. (laughs) Do you kind of wish they may have been more involved to kind of like help you feel more confident or did you have someone else in your life that helped you be motivated or inspired you instead of the people that like you looked up to like Shania Twain and all of them? Um, I mean, see, that's the thing I always looked up like, it, it, you know, it was the celebrities that I loved. So like Shania Twain, Beyonce, you know, like all these celebrities. Um, and then it was always like, I would still like admire my parents for the journey that they'd been through. So I would always try to find like the mix between them two. Um, I, when it comes to, you know, I used to think, you know, like um, when I was actually, when I went to IMTA, I saw a lot of, you know, parents like stage moms and stuff like that, which I didn't really understand at the time. I was just like, oh, wow. Like, these people had like a support system, like to help them through all this stuff. Like I'm kind of figuring out on my own. And my dad's just like in the back, like with his arms crossed, like just making sure everything's good. (laughs) (laughs) So like, you know, sometimes I'd be like, you know, growing up, it was just like, I I wish, you know, we knew a little bit more, but, um, but you know, now like seeing everything that's happened over the last several years and, um, realizing that my parents really wouldn't would have been completely out of their their field you know uh and i know you know even when it came to like the school system like they were they basically just had full trust in the school system you know what i mean like they just there's they were working on a lot on their on on their own part so it's like they were just like okay we trust that these systems are in place and everything will work out perfectly so i don't know if it would have been a good thing um if my parents were more pushy and like getting me to go through with some of these moves because I don't know if they would have had the idea of how to deal with everything. Honestly, if I'm being honest with myself, I did have a long journey to get to this point. I was very, I was a little resentful for a while. (laughs) Well, it's like those TV shows where you see like the kids, I get, I mean, they're all over 
social media, TikToks and stuff, but like the pageant kids where those parents are so involved that over time you think, do those kids lose interest because they're not passionate enough in it, but it's their parents living through their kids. And then for like you, it's more, you found that passion and your parents were not like that same pushiness, but they still supported you because they wanted you to kind of do what you loved so that it didn't take away from you still enjoying it because you didn't have that pressure and that worry going on in your life. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing, like now, even though, you know, I've been through my fear of, you know, life, um, you know, I can look back now and be like, okay, we can start from where we are and rocket from here. And uh, I mean, I I can't imagine not having taken those steps now looking back. So did you ever think that you would take music and make it as a career when you were growing up? Or is that how you found the passion in psychology and wanted to pursue that through college? Or was there a different job that you were wanting to go for? Well, I always wanted to be a secret spy. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. In my my head, I was always like, yeah, like this is always like a career I could have. (laughs) Um, I I always wanted to, but it was always that dichotomy of like, you know, I knew I had to go to school, you know, like seeing how hard my parents work and like my mom going to to, like going to college, like both my parents going to college and working full time, you know, when we first got here, it was just kind of like, there, there are things that I have to do. And there there was no question about it. so it led, it led to a lot of dissonance at times because, you know, like you're trying to follow like your intuition and you're trying to follow, but you're also trying to make people happy. But, you know, the, what, where is the point where it's like, you know, I'm doing this because this is good for me. And, you know, maybe there's a logical side. And where is it like I'm turning into people pleasing? Um, so, it, you know, I went a little bit on the <laughs> on the opposite side, but it's OK. We found our way back to balance. <laughs> Was there ever a moment that you were people pleasing that kind of ended up turning around and you kind of did the opposite and it hurt the relationship that you had with that person. Cause I think a lot of people nowadays, they're always trying to do what other people think that they should. And mm-hmm. I've always grown up to be kind of, a, I was a people pleaser, but then once I had my voice and I spoke out, it's those people that agree, not agreed with, but they supported my decision are the true friends and the ones that didn't kind of were left behind. A hundred percent. I definitely believe in that. And not only that, but a lot of times, you know, we may want to do or say something in order to make somebody happy. However, you know, even if we follow through with that, we can either become resentful down the line or it just ends up blowing in our face one way or another. I just think that, and sometimes we even take away their ability or, you know, maybe even someone else who might've witnessed it that was close by, but like, their ability to be like, oh, wow, like that's something powerful. That's something hard to do. But it's like, you, it's, it's kind of like when you do the hard things in life, life is easy. When you do the easy things in life, life is hard. So. <laughs> oh, no, that's so true. And I've always wanted to not, it sounds bad, but take the hard route because I think I right. learned so much about myself and I grow as an individual because if I went that route and I had to work hard to get it, I kind of feel more confident instead of like, when I see these people that are given everything, it's like, you're going to come to that time where it's hard and you're not going to know what to do. But when I am going through something hard and I get that easy, I'm going to be able to be prepared because I know it's not going to have to take that much effort. Like I have been doing it. 
Exactly. Exactly. It's like you build such a strong foundation that like, there's no way, but up there, there has been a time though, where, you know, um, like in my life where certain things did come easy to me. And I just remember questioning it and mm-hmm. being like, well, it has to be hard that, you know what I mean? So there, there is that balance of it, but most, most likely than not, it's, you have to do the hard things and, and life opens up for you. <laughs> yes. You talked about psychology and how you liked learning about people, but then you just mentioned that you wanted to be a secret spy and being a secret spy is all about reading people, understanding situations. Was that kind of a similar path? Did you realize it at that time? Or now as you're thinking about it, you're like, oh, okay, that kind of goes with each other. That makes so much sense. You know, like, I, I do remember thinking about the element of like, you know, having to like plan things out, but I didn't think about it quite like that. So thank you for that. <laughs> I'm blown over here. Like it all, it was all meant to be because they all related. <laughs> Maybe I'm the secret spy right now. You just oh don't know God. it. <laughs> When you were going to college, did you learn something new about yourself or something that you kind of did not know that you were able to do? A hundred percent. I think that every course, um, you know, I picked my courses very carefully and I, and I looking back now, I realized I was basically trying to figure out like myself, my family, like, you know, the people around me, (laughs) (laughs) um, like it, it, there was, you know, there was two of my favorite classes. Uh, one of them was cruelty and kindness that basically taught us like every emotion is there for a reason and you don't have to react and get lost to it, but you just, you know, it's there for a reason. Um, the, but one, one of my favorite things that ever happened that really taught me a lot about myself and where I was at that time in my life was a story about basically how we're, let's say we're born with like a hundred thousand soldiers and like you go through life and, you know, little things happen and you lose soldiers here, soldiers there. If you keep holding on to certain things, like you're going to get to a point in life where you've got nothing left to fight with. Um, and that's, I remember sitting in like, it was like a 300 person class. I'm sitting there taking notes in like an auditorium and I'm like, like one tear is just coming down and I'm like oh like this is basically me right now like I'm tired um which is funny because that's how one of my songs start off like it's like all the women inside me are tired like (laughs) and that was a song that I had been writing for a while which is interesting so when you were in that class were you thinking of different moments that you've gone through where you were having those times where you kind of were still holding on to it because that kind of goes with people thinking and not, not like grudges and stuff and holding on to those grudges and they don't want to let it go but it's like there's bigger things in the world that you should be focusing on why are you focusing on something this small I completely agree it's you know it's just giving people space in your life that or or situations space in your life that it doesn't require or deserve really so at the time that you kind of were thinking, maybe I don't want to do this anymore, this path, when was the kind of the light bulb moment? Like, this is the direction I'm going to go towards. And I don't care how it's going to happen, the sacrifices I need to make, but I want to do this. It was actually about a year after I graduated. I had been, you know, I had gotten the corporate job, gotten the promotion within, you know, like did, did all the things, got all the accolades, whatever. And I'm driving to work and I just start crying. Oh no. <laughs> I just, I'm like a mess at this point. I would start crying. And then like, and by the time I got to work, everything was fine. I was like, Oh, okay. Well, like, okay. And then I like, you know, went about my day and then on the way home, I started crying again. And I was like, what is going on? <laughs> 
And I, I think I just, I, I thought about it for a couple of weeks. It kept happening kind of. And I was like, all right, so, something's up. Um, and it basically, I came to the conclusion that like, you know, something wasn't right. And I, and I had to like really recenter with myself and ended up quitting that job. And actually I went back to Albania for the summer for, you know, it was a couple months and just kind of like stayed with family, you know, just met everyone that I hadn't seen in years and just kind of spent some time with myself and had some like serious self-reflection. Um, and yeah, like I look back to the, you know, those memories of sitting on the beach and like journaling and just thinking about things. And then like now I'm like, <laughs> like <just laughs> never guessed. <laughs> Was going back to Albania, like kind of like a reset moment or after you were there for a couple months, did you ever think maybe I should stay here? Um, it was definitely a reset moment. I think that when I, I think actually when I first got there, it was just kind of like, you know, this whole feeling of nostalgia, like I, you know, being away from so, so much of my family for so like such a large part of my life that, you know, I was like, you know, like everyone's here. It's like warm. Like we have palm trees. Like I live in Boston. It's cold. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I miss palm trees and it's so beautiful. And, you know, so many things have changed. Like it got so much more developed. So like, it was, even for me, it was easier to move around. And I think it was, uh, (laughs) we'll see. This is the mistake I made. I didn't sign up for a cell phone plan while I was there. So I literally (laughs) had like, I'd have to like go to like the nearby cafe and get like Wi-Fi or something, but, and I didn't bring any books. So that was the thing. It was just me and my journal, which was, it was nice designated time, but yeah, uh, by the end of it, I was like, send me back. I want my bed. (laughs) Give me my things. (laughs) Close my door. Well, that's the other thing too, being around so much family, you can't close the door. Nope. Privacy. it's like i had a, a cousin uh, an aunt uh, like uh, any as uh, someone just just at all times being like hey you want to come for dinner i'm like i can't eat anymore i am full <laughs> i'm full for the rest of summer is that usually like family dynamics with families in albania is that kind of like i kind of imagine it like italian families where there are so many people in the house but they all are family orientated and they kind of just enjoy company and you don't get that kind of quietness because families are keep coming over and stuff <laughs> that's basically it it's it's and then everyone's telling you to eat like have you ever seen them like uh my big fat greek wedding yeah it's like what do you mean you don't eat meat and then it's just <laughs> like okay i'll make lamb and i'm like hold on <laughs> all i want are tomatoes just leave me alone <laughs> what were you journaling and when you were there was it kind of something that like what was going on your feelings thoughts emotions or was it like lyrics and maybe that kind of led to your singing career going in that route it was it was a mix so I definitely got like lyrics and quotes and and some poems uh that would come out I would try to write every morning I have this like exercise that I love it's just like 10 minutes of free writing just set the timer just go and like I've gotten actually I you came out of that um right. which was nice yeah like it was super cool um but you know and then sometimes you know things that you're not trying to consciously like you're subconsciously you're trying to avoid that just end up coming out just stuff like that and, and then of course you know things I was feeling at the time my frustration with not having wi-fi <laughs> <laughs> you know the real troubles of life but you know there, it, it, but also like some really important moments that um that definitely led to a lot of self-realization you know that I there was a lot of things that I needed to think about before um I finally made the steps that I did to be here (laughs) but I'm glad I did were you someone that it was easier to write these thoughts than say it out loud 
A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Even when I like have a debate with somebody, I get stuck when I'm verbally like, but if you, if I was writing it out, you know, I'd be like, you know, I got like, and, and, and not in a way of like a snappy way, but just like, this is like, I'm trying to be logical and level here. But when I, like when, when I'm in front of somebody, I just, I get stuck. And I think there's a lot of things that I don't um, want to say out loud. Um, and I'm still finding my voice, you know? Um, and I feel like, you know, that heal, you know, healing isn't linear, it comes in mm-hmm. levels and layers. Um, and writing has been a huge tool for that. And and I think that was actually something. So I actually started writing when I was nine, around like eight, nine years old. And I had this, like, I had a bunch of notebooks that were written, you know, like in, in every crevice, yeah. like <laughs> of every corner, front to back. Um, and, but I never really read them. Like I would just kind of write and then just close it and like write and close it. Never really read them. And I think one day, um, I think I was feeling like particularly sad. Um, and I went into the notebook and I started reading it. And there was a couple of things that were in there that I just, I, I just remember feeling like my eyes open and then just being like slamming it shut and then being like, <laughs> we're just going to put that away. <laughs> like, we don't want to deal with that right now. Um, so yeah, but lately I've been, you know, for the last few years, I've been a lot more conscious with the writing and it's been a huge, huge helping tool. Um, and it still is. It's very cathartic. <laughs> were you kind of shocked at the things that you kind of were writing back then when you were younger or c- did it kind of feel like, wow, like I didn't know I was going through this at this time. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I was shocked, but it was also like, I, I don't think I allowed myself to really process it at that time. Um, I think there's a lot that I processed while I was in college, in psychology, learning all yeah. these things and giving me the tools to like, finally let things go. Um but yeah, I mean, I, I think I just, once I realized, like, I think I always thought of my, and I always still, I still think of myself as a pretty positive person. Um, it's usually the feedback I get. It's not something that I try to do. I'm just usually like a little bubbly. Um, <laughs> but I think that I thought I was just, basically, I thought everything was way more fine than what was written. Yeah. <laughs> and I just remember being like, that's dark. <laughs> Put that away. Um and it was just, it was, you know, it was at that stage of my life where it was kind of like that survival stage for my parents, for myself, you know, and it was more about like keeping your head down and working hard. Um, so I just didn't really give myself the time at that moment to really process things. And I don't know if I really could have at that moment. Um, so I guess we repressed it until we could. <laughs> I think a lot of people can learn from your experience where maybe they're going through something similar where they can't vocalize what they're thinking, but maybe writing is that way that they can and they'll hear this and maybe that will help them start writing and be able to over time look back at these things and kind of process it maybe a little bit easier because it kind of with like I think people think with therapy or therapists, it's intimidating because it's some stranger trying to listen to everything we're talking about, or maybe they just don't feel comfortable telling their family or parents or siblings and things like those kind of people. But writing is something quiet, solo that they can do on their own and they can kind of stay calm and just write it and then process it maybe hours later, not at that time, but it gives them kind of a sense of freedom to just express themselves in a way. I completely agree. That's actually sort of like an exercise I do now. Like if I'm ever feeling really pent up and there's things I just like, I let myself write and then sometimes I'll burn it safely. No fire. <laughs> We're all about fire safety, <laughs> but some, it, it, you know, there's something about like 
you know, of course I like to type things out and voice record like voice notes and stuff like that, but there's something about pen to paper or pencil to paper. Um, and even if you just want to rip it up after shred it or whatever, it's just kind of like getting it all out, out of you. And then just being like, okay, that's not me. I, I see you, you know, I don't actually have to feel this, (laughs) which is nice. (laughs) Making that transition to becoming a singer how did that process start? How did you get your foot in the door and how did you kind of make that breakthrough in the industry? So, oh my gosh. So I didn't know really where to start, you know, obviously when I was like, all right, I'm going to go for music, but like, I I, like, I have lyrics, but like, okay, like (laughs) what now? Um, So I ended up auditioning for the voice and, you know, I was in New York city. Um, I actually, so, and then I actually, so I set everything up for the audition, but I missed the audition. Oh no. Um, Yeah. It was like a whole thing. It was like a mix up of the flight and blah, blah, blah. I just, I ended up getting there and I thought I'd have, you know, I got all the way to the door at that moment. And I was like, yeah, I'm I'm not like too late to sign in. Right. And they're like, yeah, sorry. The person to sign in left like an hour ago. We're just security up here now. And I was like, uh so I like you know I'm in New York I swear it's like a scene in a movie I'm like walking down the street (laughs) and you know I'm thinking to myself and you know of course I'm a little upset I'm a little like what if this had gone this way whatever you know the millions of thoughts that come through and then I just remember having like a moment of clarity where it was like okay Merlin like you can either get upset about this and then go into this little spiral of depression or you know just questioning and victimhood um or (laughs) or when you go home you can reach out to the studio that you've been keeping an eye on and just go from there that's it just reach out um and in that moment like I remember looking up and there was this um it's like it was like graffiti on the wall it was like every little thing is gonna be all right and that's like a quote from three little birds but Bob Marley I think so yeah it's like and my dad used to like whistle it to my mom like like when I was growing up so I was just like oh my god it's a sign (laughs) and I just remember being like really cheery and I like went back to my hotel room and I was like okay whatever like and my partner was actually back in my hotel room and he was like how'd it go and I was like I told I was like I missed it and he was like he was like he was like oh my god like he was prepared to see me like and be like oh my god and then he's like is everything okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to go to the studio when I get back. Like, Every, everything's okay. Okay. We're going to roll with this. Everything's fine. Um, and then I got back, I reached out and it's funny enough that one, the person who actually called me back, she's like one of my best friends now. Um, yeah, she reached back. We spoke a lot. I went into the studio, met the producers. They were incredible and it just snowballed. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a moment that kind of said, this is my breakout moment. Like, okay, I can see this as a career. I can do this full time. I don't have to worry about anything else. I think that was when I had my first live performance in New York city. So like a full circle moment there, um, this past October, um, end of October, I had a live performance in New York city. And I remember like, I was like kind of freaking out for it. And I was like, what, how did I get here? Like, what happened? <laughs> Why am I even here? Um, and then, you know, like I got on stage and then the moment that I was like introduced myself and everything, I was like, okay, this is it. And then the performance went incredibly. I got off stage and I was like, that, 
that was me. <laughs> Anybody else see that? No, that was me. No one else. Okay, cool. Um, I think that was the moment when I realized that this is like, this is real. Um, and that this is just something that like, you just have to keep going and you have to keep going and you can't let anything kind of get you down. Um, and also just always looking for ways to improve. And that's the beautiful thing now. Like even having just put my EP out, I'm like, okay, I already feel like I'm creative creatively at another level. Well, I'm like, okay, the next tracks that are coming out, like I've like the visions are bigger, like, you know, and it's all coming together even more beautifully and just like a cohesive theme and everything. And it's just, I'm, I'm very excited. Yeah. When people reach out to you and they kind of hear your songs and kind of give you feedback or comment their thoughts on it, how do you handle those reactions? Even if they're negative or they're positives, because there's some artists that will lash out at people, but they take those positive ones and really it hits them hard and they kind of feel really well. When you get those fan interactions or listeners interactions, what goes through your mind when you're reading those? Do you take it really personally or do you kind of just take it as feedback and something that you can prepare for the next track that you're creating? I mean, so, I mean, I feel like when even whether it's positive or negative, when somebody is giving you their feedback, it's, it's always like, because for me, all my music is, is very personal. So it's always like, it's one way or another, it's going to be a little bit personal, but I do always try to look at the feedback of it. Um, there, there's been a few, interestingly enough, m- more of the, the negative comments have been more from other female artists, which is unfortunate. Um, I, I, I just kind of, I take the feedback with it and, and it is what it is. Um, I just want to make sure I'm never giving off a, a vibe of competition because I'm really like, I'm just in my own lane. Like, I'm just kind of like everything that I put out is me. It's, it's my, there's a touch of me in there. So I'm just basically doing this, what what I want to see out in the world and what I love. So, um, but when it comes to, there's been so many positive, like so much positive feedback. And it's really when people tell me that they can relate to it personally, or they're like, I had like a whole image in my head or like this, you know, a, a memory that I've been through, like came up. That's when I think I'm like, Okay. So I am, you know, we really do go through a lot of similar things, which is interesting. And it feels, it feels good to know we're really not alone. (laughs) Why do you feel that it's unfortunate from the comments from other female singers and songwriters? I think it's something that society has, has taught women to like compete with each other. Like the person, you know, like that's your main competition. Um, And I just think that's unfortunate because, you know, I never get that type of feedback from male artists um so i just and i don't know if that's you know there are other motives there on their ends or anything like that but um it's just something that um i noticed growing up and it's something that i i do see a lot of improvement on um it's just something that i noticed that came up and i took it in stride i mean i definitely think that there's critique in everything whether it's good or bad so just roll with the punches 
Do you feel that the industry has caused that to happen where people think that it's always a competition and people can't support each other? Even you can look at other industries like that where sports teams battling each other, but the more behind the scenes, what happens with the interaction with each other or even in the business world where people have to one up each other. But Mm -hmm. that is kind of the kind of the industries where you are fighting for that number one spot. But do you feel the industry has caused that rift in the way that you, like you said, female interact or females have been interacting with you? Uh, yeah, I definitely believe that's the thing. I mean, if I look back to like the Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera, like yes. kind of comparison, or even when it came to Nicki Minaj and Cardi B, that whole thing. And it's like, they're just it's not competition like it's just different people doing their own version of things like and you can like both <laughs> it's okay <laughs> i think that's so true i think people can like whatever they want and i think in social media i think twitter causes this a lot where oh someone likes this but they like something else they can't like both it's like If someone likes McDonald's, they can like Burger King because even though they're the same places, similar, they're both completely two different businesses. And I think, I think, I think society just needs to stop. Like if, like you said, someone likes Nicki Minaj, they can like Cardi B also. They don't have to be one-sided. They may not, some people might only like one or the other, but don't comment or hurt someone because they like the other or both. Exactly. Exactly. And I, and I do, but I, again, like, I, I think there's improvement and there's always room for improvement. Oh yeah. It's just, you know, something that we can, it's a pattern that I've seen and we can work on it. That's totally fine. <laughs> Have you made any music videos for any of your songs yet? Or are you just focused on the songs and not because of the production costs and things like that? So I have made a couple music videos, um, Love, Code Blue, and Can't Touch This. Um, but I do think going forward for now, I'm going to focus a little bit more on m- more music. I just want to be able to put out a couple more projects. Um, because my, when because the thing is like the visions at the beginning were, were doable. You know what I mean? <laughs> now the visions are becoming grander and grander. And I'm like, well, Let's hold on to this for a little bit longer. <laughs> There's a creative way to do something like, okay, cool. And, you know, with the way that the world is going and the way that things went before, it's like maybe something animated, mm-hmm. um, you know, but I think I'm going to focus on some the, the music production for now. I, did, I have made some music videos and, and that was the first one that I made for love. I actually, it was, it almost didn't happen. Um, we were recording it on a beach and it was actually Memorial Day weekend. We hadn't realized when we planned it. <laughs> yeah, not a great timing for that. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and we're, we're, you know, we're waiting in line to get to this like small reservation beach, which has, you know, a lot of very small parking spots and there's a mm-hmm. bunch of us in cars. So it was like a full thing and they ended up turning, turning us around. And I was like, I'm not leaving. I like went off to the side. I was like, I'm not leaving. This is happening. I don't care. <laughs> Um, you know, and it just, it was one of those things that we just kept positive attitude. And then it was like a race against the sun because we were using, you know, the sun sunset and everything. Like we were playing, we were using that into the themes of the outfits and everything. So it was like, we got to get the shot and this one and this one and this one. And it just worked so beautifully. Um, and sometimes it's one, it's kind of like when there's a little bit of that pressure, mm-hmm. things just go smoothly, which thank God, <laughs> but it, it ended up going incredibly and 
it's it's one of my favorites to date um and it was the first one that i just like as soon as the song was like you know the producers like played they're like this is what we have so far you know and it was like bam whole image so um and it's something that i just keep in my mind i'm like like this can happen for any song and it's interesting how every time every song that comes out the lyrics the vision for the music video or anything it comes differently um and there's a lot of patience required (laughs) (laughs) Um, but so far so good (laughs) for someone that's listening to this interview that's never listened to your music what's that one song someone should check out to kind of hear your passion your vision the things that you write in your songs or you're kind of like your favorite oh can't touch this can't touch this yeah it's um it's like a little sassy and it's, I feel it's got a little bit of house in it. Um, and it's, it's, it's something that I feel like a lot of women deal with. It's kind of it's the whole image that I have in my head. It's like, you're, you're at the club, you know, you're just minding your business. You're out with your friends. Somebody comes up to you. Can't take no for an answer. No. <laughs> and, you know, all of a sudden they're like, Oh yeah, you weren't even the pretty friend anyways. And you're like, okay, cool. That's great. Have a nice night. <laughs> and it's just like that whole vibe of just like, you can't touch this. It's cool. Like it's fine. <laughs> Do people think that you got like some vibes or some like themes from uh, MC hammers. Can't touch this when they so hear that- <laughs> That's the first thing that came into my mind when you said, I'm like, she has the same title as another song, but I think it's, you can't touch this as his song. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love it because actually, so I was thinking of that and I don't know why I was literally just driving and I like all of a sudden just the title came up in my head and I was like, Oh, that's like, I like that. Like, yeah, you can't touch this. And then I was like, you can't touch this. And I'm just sitting in the car, like bopping my head. And I was like, I was like, grab the cord, grab the recorder. We got to get this down. (laughs) So it was inspired by that title, not by the song. (laughs) (laughs) The title. Because I'm like, his song is not in a club. It's basically in a white screen and people just dancing to like basically nothing. (laughs) Like no environment. It's just them. (laughs) No hammer pants were involved in the production (laughs) of the song. (laughs) That was just like, I don't know what happened. Like, and it's not like I heard the song recently or anything. Like song title just popped in my head and it like the whole meaning changed. And I was like, and then it was just one of those, it was one of those songs that, the main concept and a lot of it came out really quickly. I recorded, I like pulled over and like recorded on my phone. <laughs> at least you didn't um, do it in drive at the same time. <laughs> that's true. Again, safety first. <laughs> <laughs> so what does the future look like for you? What are you hoping to accomplish personally and professionally in the next couple years? Uh, personally, I think I just want to focus more on my health. I think there's been a huge, you know, um, like in a sense yeah a whole change in in everyone's perspective of health so I think that's one of my things uh personally um and of course like honing in on again on my writing skills and singing skills and just keeping that going but um musically I have another project in the works that it kind of fits in with dark matter and there's like a whole overarching project all like that so there's just like a lot of a lot of projects and, and goodies uh, that I have in my mind that I need to just physically get down. Um, yeah, a lot of goals um, coming up and possibly something in the realm of acting, possibly. 
We will see. <laughs> we got the exclusive. <laughs> Is there any performances in the horizon or has during this time, it's kind of hit or miss if performances are happening? Cause you mentioned that you did one in October and that was a huge moment for you, but anything that you're looking forward to in the future performance wise. So there's something virtual um, that I'm working on and it's like this, it's like something that happens with a bunch of other artists and, you know, um, I'm looking into that just because right now of how everything is, you know, people, even when it came to Christmas shows, things were getting canceled last second. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really lucky that I did get to perform when I did. Um, so I think that a part of me just wants to focus on recording some more music for now and then focusing on like summer festivals, hoping obviously that everything, cause yeah. I, I don't know if my heart can take like, you know, putting you know putting together a couple shows in a couple months and then like last minute everything getting ripped um yes. away so that that's why i'm just like do i just put my efforts into something a little bit long more long term and then just really prep for that um and then of course anything virtual that comes along the way maybe teaming up with some other artists and maybe doing something for charity um i would love that so is there a dream person that you like if the opportunity came to try to work with, you would say yes in in a second? I've like already played out the scenario in my head. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like Dua Lipa, hands okay. down. Dua Lipa. And in my head, I'm like, all right, we would do some sort of rendition of love and magic because her name means love and Merlin magic. And it's just like, boom, like, I was like, Oh, okay. There you go. Track right there. I'm like, we could definitely do it (laughs) in my head. In some universe, this has already happened. Just need to catch up with it. (laughs) So if Shania Twain said, I want you to come on stage and do man, I feel like a woman, you would not say yes. (laughs) I did not say that. I will never say that. Oh my gosh. No, my heart. <laughs> First, the final question I'll ask you for someone that's listening to this interview based on your journey and experience, what tips or advice would you give them to overcome obstacles, accomplish their goals, and rise to the challenge? I would have to say be compassionate and patient with yourself and never give up on yourself. And you really do have every single thing that you need. I love it. I love it. Well, Marilyn, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about your rise to the challenge. You're inspiring so many people and we're excited to see what the future looks like for you. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been an absolute blast. (laughs) Tune in next time to hear my next guest talk about their rise to the challenge. Remember to follow and subscribe on all major audio platforms and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel to the full-length episode and video format. What path will you take to accomplish your goals? You decide.